So there's there's a website called Spell Table that Magic the Gathering does, where you can use like your phone's camera to point down at your play area. You can play Paper Magic the Gathering with people like remotely. Okay. We tried that last night. It was it was actually really freaking cool. Like it actually like like you can click on parts of the screen of their camera and it'll actually recognize the cards and bring them up to you so you can you can see what they're playing and nah, that's and stuff. It was nice. really cool. I had to use a brick to hold my my thing steady. For the camera? Yeah, let me see if I can show you guys. You see the right <laughs> <there>? <laughs> nice. Yeah, I couldn't find anything. I had the I had the height right and that's that's one of those like car suction cup things that just yeah, yeah. Oh. Has, the suction cup doesn't <laughs> work like at all so i'm like jess i need something small and heavy she's like what about a brick i'm like fuck yeah <laughs> i can't wait to get angry playing magic the gathering and just chuck a brick through the wall oh <laughs> uh, don't tempt me doesn't everybody have like a utility brick just laying around somewhere <laughs> I, I, I literally do like i keep a brick just in case i need if, a brick for something. Yeah, Mike, Mike and Andy, if if you guys are coming on Saturday, I got a whole pile of bricks. <laughs> you, I, 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 you, I need a utility brick, not got, utility you bricks. Can, you can you can go through. You can find. You can <laughs> select which optimal sizes and contours are best for your purposes. Take a few. See, Andy, maybe you can find a better Over. brick. Yeah, that's true nothing's too. gonna beat the brick that I use <laughs> for this. I can't wait. Or you go to Josh's brick. house for a movie and you come back with like five bricks. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Brian and Super Friends. I'm your host, Brian Labick. Joining me for this episode is someone who's been known to make all the hammers jealous, Andy Stoles. What's up, p -p 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 podcast people? Uh, next guest, uh, there's a very specific part of this movie where I thought this guest might have a heart attack and shit his pants all at the same time. Josh Zorch. Oh my god, you have no idea <laughs> how close some of that came. <laughs> uh, I, I think I almost made Sarah's extremities go numb <laughs> from from squeezing her leg hard because I, I was concerned yeah if you haven't seen the movie we'll get there uh, uh -huh. and lastly we bring the love he brings the thunder mike bradley i can agree with that <laughs> right. it's always a hit or miss whether it's going to pass your it's test or not like some of those i mean it's always a hit or miss whether you're making me out to be an asshole or not so it's <laughs> <laughs> You know. That's part of the fun, too, right? Flip of the coin. I never know what's going to happen. That's why I don't plan anything <laughs> for these intros, because I don't know how I'm going to have to fucking respond. So it's... <laughs> I can't. Yep, yep, yep. I like to keep you on your toes. Fair. Uh, Josh, we missed you. Welcome back. It's been like, what, two two months or something since you've done... I think it, Red Sonia was the last one you were on. I think it was when I opened up my recording software and, you know, went to, like, file, save as the last folder associated with that program popped up and that that was it i didn't realize uh so much time had passed like the summer's going quick i can't remember did we did we get to your 100th already we got to your 100th yes. episode okay yes yes this will be 
102 well 102 outside of like 102 of reg call it regular episodes okay. doesn't okay. include never seen that or right right reworks. okay wait you're not including never seen that in regular episodes not in the count the file count that i keep i think he titles them differently when he sends them to me so they're not oh, like numbered okay it's just the way i, org I organize <laughs> my recording files it yeah it doesn't matter Fair enough. Josh, I think since you're one of the few people that I know listens consistently, what have you thought of the content we've been providing in your absence? <laughs> Instant your, feedback. Your, your, yeah, your tone of the your your voice there with the question. Well, you did call us an idiot seat. recently because we didn't know what sheets seat. were. So I, I mean, <laughs> oh yeah, you did. You called well, us out on, on social media. <laughs> well, to, to be fair, the well, no, that was that was in our private. Oh, that's right. Group that's chat. right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but now that Mike has brought it to the attention of listeners yes that that did happen um uh i'm blanking here <laughs> oh i say the the cadence of your voice changed so drastically there like you went from like i am brian the host hey josh what do you think to like i am a market research <laughs> person leading this focus group please tell me your opinion how can we better improve um, your user experience pretty much like go back and listen when when you are editing it, <laughs> it definitely definitely shifted there um, it's been a good time. I, as always, there, there's some of the topics uh, around this time of year, like the the uh, video game news or convention stuff uh, that you guys discussed that basically becomes like background driving noise <laughs> for me. That's fair. Um, yes. But but I kind of at least still still go through it all because even among topics that I'm not that familiar with or not into myself, there's always just awesome nuggets of entertainment and jokes and, and good times to be had in there um but it's it's been good i i think this might have been one of my longest absences for for i think so quite a stretch yeah not, not that i've gone back and looked at every episode you haven't been a part of and see how long it's been in between but two months feels like sure, a long sure. time yeah sidebar on that and speaking of shitting pants andy you must be shitting your pants with the video game news you've seen recently the skull and bones yeah it's finally <laughs> happening and they're talking about yeah. it yeah, but I watched the game the gameplay trailer, and there's a lot of like, what, why, why? what, why? <laughs> okay, fair. <laughs> I mean, but, I did watch uh, it too, and say I'm probably not playing this. The um, the cinematic trailer, I was like, wow, the graphics for this this actually look really good. And then I watched the gameplay trailer, and I'm like, mm, maybe not. It screams yeah. so much that like, hey, we've announced this game, we haven't done anything with it. Uh, we should put something out. Well, they said yeah. that it's coming in November, I think. November, yeah. Yeah, they yeah by the end of the what, year. Five and a half years? It's It's been a while. Something. I feel like it's gone through some drastic changes, and they just said, whatever we got, ship it. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so I'm with Brian posted in uh, Discord that, you know, maybe if it was 15 or $20. And that's kind of where I'm going. Uh, considering, the back, considering the backlog and stuff, I think 15 or $20 is probably a good price for that. I don't, I mean, it's definitely not getting 60 from me. Yeah, and I mean it's Ubisoft, so it'll be seventy, and in five years they're gonna take it offline and take it away from. <laughs> um, all right, so we're gonna spin to what we're here to talk about, which is Thor: Love and Thunder, which is the latest Marvel movie. I think this is number twenty nine for the MCU. Yeah, I think your count is right. Which means that number thirty should be Black Panther in November. Nice. Uh, so again, our normal routine for these, we're going to go over who was involved in making the movie, who stars in it. We'll do some online reviews and box office, uh, give some spoiler-free thoughts, then we'll turn ourselves loose for the spoilers. Um, so 
Starting off, the movie is directed yet again by Taika Waititi, returning after directing Thor Ragnarok. Uh, this movie is also written by Waititi and Jennifer Caton Robinson. Um, it stars Chris Hemsworth, as, Chris Hemsworth as Thor, Natalie Portman as Jane Foster, also Thor. Uh, Tessa Thompson as Valkyrie, Christian Bale as Gore, Taika Waititi as Korg, Russell Crowe as Zeus, and we get what amounts to basically cameo appearances from the Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, I'm going to skip around a little bit here because I got the uh, ratings for Rotten Tomatoes, but I'm going to bounce around between all the movies and see just how they compare because I think there might be something there to at least talk about. I, I think the comparisons between the Thor movies are, are somewhat interesting. Um, so for Love and Thunder, it's coming in with a critic rating of 67% and an audience rating of 80%. So if we compare that with, we'll go back through. So going to Ragnarok, Ragnarok I think is still the highest rated Thor movie. That's it. That would not shock me. 93% for the critic, 87 for the audience. Thor The Dark World comes in at 66% from the critics and 75% from the audience. Surprising. And Very surprising. The first Thor is 77 from the critics and 76 from the audience. So that's pretty even across the board. I mean, Ragnarok's but significantly I think, higher, huh. I would say. Sure. And I think, like, Love and Thunder comes in most comparable really? to the Dark World. I think right. it's, like, between the, between the two. Like, thoughts. the first two, I think it's very comparable to on the scores, right? At least, at least for ratings. Like, Love and Thunder is 67% critic, 80% audience. The Dark World is 66% critic, 75% audience. And what was Thor, the first one? Thor, 77, 77 critic, 76 audience. So the audience scores are similar, but the critics are higher for the first Thor. Okay. Critics are coming in lower for Dark World and Love and Thunder. Okay. Like, Love and Thunder is, based on the critics, 1% higher right. than the Dark World. Um, I did bring up the Metacritic ratings, too, so we'll go through those. Love and Thunder is currently at 57 with Metascore and a 5.5 user score. And again, close. going back through, uh, Ragnarok comes in 74, Metascore, 7.8, User Score. The Dark World ha comes in at 54, Metascore, 7.1, User. The first Thor, 57, Metascore, User Score, 7.1. So the ratings fluctuate a little bit more, I think, with Metacritic. Or at least, like, critic reviews. Like, Thor 1 and Thor 2 are pretty similar. They both have the same User Score. Ragnarok comes up to 7.8 for the user score and then it comes back down for love and thunder 5.5 5.5 is the lowest rating so that love and thunder has the lowest user score currently on metacritic hmm. that's users fans. are rating it the the least favorite of the thor movies i mean to each his own i i i again again i think i would have thoughts <laughs> on all of that yeah so we'll we'll dive into like why we think we why we agree with one of those or why we don't like when we get into spoiler stuff because i think it's probably a better place to really dive into that um box office stuff i was looking at so i didn't google search for the budget is telling me the budget for the movie was 250 million dollars for love and thunder Ooh. now comparably the first thor movie was 150 million. The Dark World 170 million. Ragnarok 180 million. So the budget skyrocketed between Ragnarok and Love and Thunder. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, uh, 
I almost wanted to say like, well, this was very effects heavy and like CGI settings and whatnot, but they kind of all were. Yeah. There's a lot of practicality probably in the first one when you go to uh, wherever, New Mexico or the Southwest U.S. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe a couple salaries in this one. That's my guess is it's you're paying for the actors. I think Christian Bale doesn't come cheap to get Hemsworth all. to come back for another Thor. Yeah, because we've probably said it so many times over the years, but our long-term understanding of the main couple solo Avengers were three solo movies and three Avengers movies. So presuming that that initial contract at some point wrapped up with Endgame, that, yeah, along the way, they're like, well, if we want to keep going, let's go back to the table. And And you're also talking about bringing Natalie Portman back in this time she wasn't Ragnarok so that's another added salary yeah did you mention the other big salary by name in the cast Uh, I don't think he did I think we're tipping tiptoeing on it I don't know if he wanted to save that for yeah yeah we'll save it yeah I I wasn't sure I couldn't remember whether you said it or not so I didn't want to but there is another big salary there that yeah, There's a lot be. of people that were not cheap to have present in this movie, and I think that's a lot of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, opening weekend for Love and Thunder domestically, it made 144 million. Uh, compared to what Doctor Strange did, its opening weekend, Doctor Strange did 187 million domestic opening weekend. So Love and Thunder comes in a little bit less than what Multiverse of Madness did. Uh, what else? Current worldwide for Love and Thunder is $382 million. So by the time this comes out, it will be in its second weekend of release. It should have hit easily $400 million worldwide by the time this is out. Um, Doctor Strange capped out its theatrical run. I don't think it's still in theaters at this point. But worldwide, it made $954 million. I don't know if Thor's going to hit that number at the rate it's going, but we'll see what the second weekend does. Yeah, it's hard to tell until you see a couple of weeks and you can see what the drop-off rate on a movie is. Yeah, they're saying like the, the drop-off rates were comparable between all the last couple Marvel movies. They all seem to drop somewhere between 60 to 67, 68% in its second weekend. Yeah. So for Thor, I think that amounts to like $50 million. It's It dropped or was planning to drop or what, or pre- sorry, predicting to drop because it hasn't, it hasn't come out yet for its second weekend. Right. Um. So again, compared to some of the other Thor movies, uh, Ragnarok capped out at $854 million worldwide. The Dark World did $645 million worldwide. Thor did $449 million worldwide. So they've been progressively going up. Yeah. I don't know if... I guess we'll see if Love and Thunder is going to hit Ragnarok numbers of... of Eight hundred and fifty-four million. I think that's that's a pretty steep number the way it's going. Plus, the budget was higher for uh, Love and Thunder, so it has to do a little bit more to make that kind of money. But again, we'll have to we'll keep track. We'll see where that ends up. Yeah, it, it's interesting if you think about the trajectory of the last fifteen years of these movies. You know, Thor is the second to last initial standalone film released in phase one it's like the fourth movie yeah in the entire mcu catalog in the chapters probably was one of the harder ones to sell 
in a, in a way like kind of the like first time started like, doing fantastic revolution. fantastic stuff and magic and that kind of thing it total yeah mythology along with science fiction along with fantasy like all those things mixing together along with i mean real be honest like hemsworth was not a name yeah at the yeah. time you could not sell that movie with chris hemsworth it was still like uh anthony hopkins and hoping like familiarity with the rest of them i think the dark world then when you jump to that i mean by that point you know it's the year after avengers right and the world was like oh holy shit this is a thing yeah this works yeah and it was six months after iron man 3 which did a billion dollars so like absolutely we're all on board it, this is the next one of course we're going to see it and what I would bet the main difference between that and Ragnarok numbers are is probably repeat viewings. Oh, yeah. Did anybody so. else, if they recall, did anybody see The Dark World more than once in theaters? Off the top of your head. I feel like I want to assume yes, because I feel like I've probably seen a lot of them at least twice. Fair. But I don't know for a fact. Same. I, I, I'm not sure. I, I, I don't think I did. And for even the most common fan, I don't feel like there was much after that that was like, oh, man, can't wait to go back next week to re-experience that awesomeness. <laughs> so like, it was riding the wave of post-Avengers, post-Iron Man 3. And it put Loki back on screen, which everybody, I think, was clamoring for after Avengers 2. Yeah, that's true, too. He, that, that was the other thing. Yeah, he featured very heavily yeah. in, in the advertising. And Ragnarok, I feel like, probably would have done better. Not that it did bad. It probably would have done even better had people had any idea of what they were going to be walking into in advance. Well, that... Like, it, it, I, I think for all the whole audiences, it was such a surprise and delight yeah. for all of us. But if somebody never took the plunge initially... And we're like, oh, I'll catch that later. I don't care if I see all of these. Whatever, it's Thor. That last one wasn't very good. Well, like you said, you I, know, think it, I think it probably made it suffer. It helped from word of mouth, like people going to see it and saying, "You have to check this out." And that's what and I was gonna. It, say. Uh, eventually, yeah, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure it did, and it probably helped eventually. But there's probably a certain percentage of the audience that was missed because that didn't happen or it wasn't strong enough. Right. Like the, the motivation for them wasn't there as as much initially so i mean that's kind of I, I, kind of placing the trajectory of like where they sit in the evolution of this so i wonder in the end will the performance of this one like what what mixture of that history will this one show like i i i, I generally i feel the word of mouth for this is not going to be as strong no i don't think so either. as ragnarok was and so could it have the like the same adverse effect but again, like coming off of Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, you know, Phase Four coming out of Endgame, like, is it still going to, is it, is it still going to make seven hundred million just because it's an MCU movie and they've got enough of a, of a fan base? I think I think but this it... one's definitely banking on you're getting Hem like Hemsworth is a name now to draw people in, so Hemsworth's store right. is enough to get people in seats, and then bringing back the director of Ragnarok, the it's. And Natalie Portman, like bringing back Natalie Portman. I think those three things are what they're pushing this movie on. So, yeah, we'll have to see if I think that's enough to to how it stacks up to Ragnarok and how it how how good the legs are for this movie going forward. That's what I'm curious about. 
Um, that's about it. I, that's all I have for the box office and scores and stuff. Like I said, scores we can revisit. We'll see how it sort of stacks up maybe when we're getting into spoilers and stuff. But number-wise, we'll keep an eye on it. We'll see how it stacks up over the next couple weeks, where it ends up worldwide, when it's done. Um, but before we get to spoilers, general thoughts for the movie. What you thought, what you can talk about, spoiler-free. Um, Andy, maybe we'll kick off with you. What did you think of the movie, spoiler-free? Spoiler-free, I feel the movie was very enjoyable. I don't think I quite liked it as much as Ragnarok. And I thought some of the jokes went a little longer than I I think I know exactly which one you're talking about because I had the same idea. (laughs) Yeah, and it it just kept happening. And I'm like, okay, I'm starting to get annoyed. um, there, There were aspects of that running joke that I liked, but it, it was just in it far too long. I think there was one moment when it was when I thought it was uh, done I that thought... it happened again and it got me, and I was like, okay, that was kind of funny. But then after that, I was like, nope, I'm done. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think we're probably <laughs> talking about the same thing. Um, I, I still really liked it. I think probably in the scope of MCU movies, it's like middle, upper middle yeah. tier. Okay. Uh, Josh, what do you think? Um. So there's a particular podcast that I also listen to. Um, sorry, guys, I don't mean to cheat oh, on you, man. like a uh, Mjolnir Stormbreaker <laughs> relationship type thing here. But um, and I gotta stop listening to it uh, when they do their thought sharing about a film before we get together to talk about the same thing because it feels like one person in particular on that show um, seems to be able to verbalize what I am thinking about something very often. And I don't ever realize that's what it is. And they put it into, into good terms talking about love and thunder, which is the components are interesting and, and they're all good there, but every one of them seems to be and the word they use was imbalanced. Okay. And yeah. for me, that was the perfect one of the perfect words to to choose. There's there's elements of pieces here, but the way that everything got put into the you know the stew pot, the proportions weren't right. The you know, the 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 amount of time you let it simmer, like all the cooking metaphors, like it just the the pieces didn't come together nearly as strongly as they needed to to take it from just enjoyable to good yeah i agree uh mike spoiler free what do you think um i have a few major thoughts and i think josh stated one thing in particular very well and that is imbalance um well i'll give give credit to mark bernard (laughs) actually said it that i took that word from but that's fair i just feel like the the word itself is very representative of this movie in that there is several really good performances and there's a lot of just imbalance in the tone in what i was hoping to see versus what i did see versus it's a really good word for it um and i think you know, the best general thoughts I could give outside of that would be to say that this movie feels, to me, a lot like 
the entire MCU Phase 4 so far. Enjoyable, but I don't know where the hell it's going. (laughs) And they're not giving you enough information about (laughs) any of it to make you look forward to something bigger. Yeah. They're not setting anything up. And I think they need to be setting something up. And I feel like this film struggled with that. Yeah, go ahead, Mike. Um, Yeah, I think I'd agree with a lot of that. I think, like, to your point, I think the MCU definitely probably... There's probably a plan there. We just don't know it, or it's or it seems too sporadic, and <laughs> and it doesn't make sense to us yet. I I would hope, my fingers are crossed, that I trust Marvel enough that when Phase Four is finally done, that we look back at some of these movies and we go, oh okay, yeah, all that makes sense now. Like I, I keep saying, I think Eternal set up what should be, what I would think is going to be the MCU going forward, and no other movie or show has addressed what Eternals has done yet. Uh, the only other show that actually got me like really excited about what's to come is Miss Marvel, which for anybody that's finished yeah. that show, the end of that, the last episode of that was like, oh, okay, you guys are hinting at some stuff that I'm very excited about. A lot of these movies in phase four just feel like standalone movies. And a lot of them are like introductions to new characters, Shang-Chi, Eternals, like that's new stuff they ever have to introduce. But some of the, uh, characters that we've seen before well i guess maybe doctor strange did set up some other stuff that i think i could see that hinting at some other stuff to come but that might be the exception to everything else but i mean coming back to thor love and thunder i think yeah it it i would agree that i think it it tonally is is the thing that didn't sit well with me i feel like they they took what was good with ragnarok and just like turned it up to 11 which in theory sounds like a good idea but for me it just didn't hit the same like, I, I think, and maybe balance is the word we're going to keep coming back to, but I think Ragnarok had a very good balance of, like, a serious tone and taking the character seriously, and now he's a joke in this one. And I think they lean into the joke a lot more in this movie than they did in, in Ragnarok, and it just didn't tonally sit as well with me. Granted, I think Andy was the one to say, like, it's still a mediocre Marvel movie, which I would argue that even a mediocre Mar- Marvel movie is still better than most movies. Like, I'm still having a good time in the theater. But Marvel movies have set a bar so high for me that when mm-hmm. you come in under that, you feel it. Yeah. And I, okay. So, okay. So I got to tag team off of something you just said. <laughs> uh, and uh, again, sort of curse Bernardin for his sage wisdom. Uh, Cause your, your comment about like the main character, he, I, he, he put it in a very good way, which was in Ragnarok, even though there's, kind of comedic moments that thor is a part of thor the character isn't really in on the joke yeah of the rest of the movie yes the the reason that we as an audience are finding everything that's funny about that movie funny is not entirely because he's not in on it but because it is unexpected it exists outside of any particular character in that movie or storyline or element in this like you said they lean into it and thor is now making a funny comedic scene he's intentionally hitting punchlines he's intentionally part of of the moments he's part of the joke he's in on on it all and and that like you said tonally is the the good word everyone keeps 
thrown around. That, that might be what happened. That's like, the big difference. Like Ragnarok, like Thor plays it almost like the straight guy in a comedy. Exactly. Like the things are bouncing off of him. And now in this one, he's the one delivering the jokes and he's, he's the joke guy. He, he is. And I, I tried to think of that today, which was uh, think of the moments in Ragnarok, like his interactions with the Hulk and Bruce, where he's telling the one like, oh, no, I don't even like Bruce. He's just a geek with science. I prefer you. And then when he's with Bruce later, no, I don't like Hulk. He's smashy, smashy. You're, I, I prefer. <laughs> he's part of those jokes, too. Yeah. He's creating the joke in that moment. He's creating the joke when he throws the bowling ball thing at the window that doesn't break and hits him in the head. And then he jumps up and like does a little, you know, boxing punch in the air. Yeah. He's part of it, but there's something about the construction of the circumstances and the environment. There's something about it all that like you said, it, it doesn't it doesn't feel like they just wrote a joke with almost like a joke with a punchline. Yeah. A a a moment that inherently, as we'll get to these things we're alluding with like Stormbreaker and whatnot those things they do are intentionally undeniably meant to just be a comedy moment. Yeah. There is no other conflicting or, or correlating tone happening along with it. And I do think there's, there's some stuff in this movie that I think you could have led or leaned more into the drama of it. And maybe that's just something they didn't want to do for a, you know, PG 13 quote unquote family friendly Marvel movie that you know might get you a little bit too depressed and bring the mood down but i think that i would have had more enjoyment out of the movie if they tried to to give us more time with that or lean more into that which we can get into in the spoilers but i th maybe just potential for a lot more that i just felt uh underwhelmed with some of the stuff that they did agreed i think they saw that the humor worked in ragnarok oh for sure and yes doubled down on it in this movie and I mean, the word of mouth that we were talking about earlier, I think that's what and got people a, to see Ragnarok and over push. and over again was, hey, it's funny <laughs> yeah. now. Like Thor's fun. Well, and, and I think a good comparison for me to draw between the two movies is Guardians and Guardians 2, where Guardians and Guardians 2 seem to have the same tone throughout both movies, and they kept that tone. Ragnarok and Love and Thunder do not share that. Yeah, you know, they managed to keep the magic in Guardians 2 that they had. And I feel like some of that magic was lost here. And it's funny because Ragnarok and Love and Thunder are both directed by the same guy. You'd think tonal shifts like this would happen if you change directors. Well, I think... Well, who wrote who wrote Ragnarok, though? It wasn't Taika. So I don't have that queued up, but I can look. That that was sort of like going out on a ledge, letting him even direct it, correct? I think uh, I think the little... choice and direction back then, I think, was a surprise for a lot of people. It yeah. was very unexpected, because he was not somebody that was incredibly well-known. He had done a few highly thought-of small projects. Like, like what, what, like, yeah, like what, what we do in the show. Yeah, he had that movie and a few... And Jojo Rabbit and stuff like that. That was, was that after. before or after? After. That he had movie. some like local New Zealand kind of stuff that was done beforehand, and he had some work on other movies. But like as a main director, his I guess he was going off of what we do in the shadows. So I did look up the writers. Andy, you're right. He did not write Ragnarok. It's three different writers for Ragnarok, and then Taika and. Uh... Who did I say earlier? I gotta find her name again. 
Jennifer Caton yes. Robinson. Yeah. So and then those the two of them wrote Love and Thunder. So it's a completely different writing team. So maybe that's the tonal shift we're feeling. It's just the different writers. Okay. Because I think like the style of the movie fits like what I feel like Ragnarok was like the the direct like the color palette and how like flashy and and bright and 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 like the uh, the um yeah the soundtrack and all that stuff I think that fits the style that Taika brought to Ragnarok that to me gels it's just the the tonal the shift of the movie feels off to me so yeah you're right maybe it is the writing change Uh, yeah I feel like if they would have kept it a little closer with the serious tone yeah I, I, yeah, like Josh nailed it with the imbalance. Like the humor is up to eleven, and the serious tone is is way down at like yeah. six or seven. Like Ragnarok had it like right around like balanced correctly. <laughs> and I, I don't know if Mark Bernardin's use of imbalance means to him the same thing that I took it as, and that it, it feels like it describes good for me. And like it, it's not just the tone per se with drama versus comedy versus the it was also how the story elements were there like i f- i feel like we were watching like five different movies um that only kind of one almost got told well yeah just be- because of the, di- the just the different arcs that kind of weren't there um all right i don't know if we have anything else to add for for general thoughts i think we probably need to get into the spoilers to just hit the nail on the head for some of the stuff we're skirting around. Um, But again, I say this every time, regardless of how we're feeling mediocre about this movie. Now, if you're listening to this and you have not seen the movie, go see it. Check it out for yourself. You may love this. This may be your favorite Marvel movie ever, which I, we won't take that away from you. Um, This is, it's, it's a very good movie. I mean, it's just, it had a lot to live up to. I don't know. Yes. The hype, hype around it was definitely there. Yes. Sure. Yeah. Um, I should have pulled up like our anticipated list to see where it ranked on some of our lists. It was number two for, for me. It was on number six, I believe, for me. I looked because I crossed it off. Number after. two. <laughs> I know I can find. So this was yeah anticipated of 2022. So where was it for? Yeah, six for Josh, uh, two for Mike, six for me. So that was where we landed. And I th- I think, and I'm not, I don't, uh, uh, regret this, but I think I even made comments when we did that episode that I had left Ragnarok off of my 2017 anticipation <laughs> list, and so this was kind of making up for that because I didn't want to be fooled again. So I don't think I regret it, but after so I mean at the, at this point I've seen nine of my ten. Oh wow! Oh, on your most anticipated this year. Okay. Yeah, the only one left is Bullet Train, um, and that got pushed back a few weeks to August. Yeah, and so, given that, I might revisit. Well, given a couple of them that came out this year, I'd probably do a reshuffling. Anyway, but um, I'm looking at my list. Yeah, like three it, of the three of the ten movies I have on my list all got pushed to 2023. <laughs> We've had the that Flash. I don't even know if that movie will ever see the light years. of day. I, I mean, honestly, with what's going on there, who knows at this point. That's what I mean. Like, like they, that movie might never come out. They, that, that could just be. Don't even bother. Like we've. It's just lost money. Just let it go. <laughs> HBO Max. Direct. That, yeah. that actually. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Well, in typical Flash fashion, maybe it came out. And we just didn't realize it was so fast. It came out back when Ezra Miller was still good. 
Um, all right, so we'll get into spoilers. So if you have not seen Thor Love and Thunder, pause us now, come back after watching the movie. If you're caught up or don't mind us giving away plot points and specific stuff, continue on and we will ruin the movie for you. So either way, this is your last warning. Spoilers to follow. Spoiler! Spoiler! You know, something like that. (laughs) So piggybacking off of something that Mike just said, I think it was Mike that said that it felt like a bunch of different stories. Uh, No, it was Josh. A bunch of different stories and only one was really told well. Yeah. I feel like even the narrator kept telling us that with the narrator. The narrator was Korg yeah. for a lot mm-hmm. of it, right? It, and yet another classic Thor tale. It's just like I feel like we just got these little mm-hmm. like yeah, like short stories and stuff. M- yeah, many short stories that were sort of semi kind of related, and you needed to sort of like step on that pebble to get to this pebble, and you know make it across the stream <laughs> and whatever. But it's fair. Yeah, it's a good point. But I. I didn't want to bring that up in the non-spoilery section. Yeah, right, yeah. No Korg was a semi-narrative. Um, we were talking a lot about tone in the general stuff, so let's dig into specifics with the tone. So is there anything else we want to get into for the, the tone? Any Anything that stood out to you one way or the other? I'd, I'd, I'd love to hop in on this, because okay. I think it's the easiest thing to point out that the villain <laughs> they chose for this movie, while Christian Bale absolutely killed it, Esgore the God Butcher. He killed it. His performance was fantastic. He was creepy. He was scary. He was sympathetic in a lot of ways. It, it, he did what Christian Bale is expected to do. You sign Christian Bale, this is what you get. It's a hundred of their $250 million budget. Maybe. Um, <laughs> but the brutality and... Basically, everything about gore does not fit the tone that Taika Waititi is bringing to Thor. To to this series. Like, it just doesn't fit. Like, it felt out of place. I feel like this is a lot of what we're saying. You have a lot of really cool horror elements that were used in this movie. You know, some of the um, visual effects around gore were amazing and awesome and genuinely like if used in a different way would have been legitimately scary but i never felt like they had that in this movie because it all felt within the tone of what taika presents yeah so it felt so imbalanced can i can i ask this then because what i i felt that and maybe a second viewing would make me feel a little bit differently but from what i remember it felt like Gore should have been in this movie like 30% more than he was. They needed more. There's huge areas where he's just gone. There's like one kind of like end of act one confrontation that they have in uh, New Asgard. Then he goes away. And like even that isn't really that like I I think for, for me, it felt like the opportunity to show exactly how brutal he is or how devastating he could be like they just didn't give him much screen time and maybe it's it's partially for the reason you're saying maybe that was on purpose in order to not come into conflict with the rest of the tone of everything else they were going for um but yeah i just felt like your your antagonist wasn't really around that much 
And yeah. and I think uh, that could have leveled the tone more. Bring him in more and it might help even that tone out to more along the lines of a movie with gore and where that should be. Yeah. Like I, I get the whole like I, I I was surprised that they went with basically a quick origin story of him at the beginning and that's how they opened. Mm -hmm. That's fine. Like right in retrospect, I'm like, I'm okay with it. But like along the way, I figure you're, you're going to continue. Okay. You've set up this idea. So along the way, even if it's not somebody we know, you will still like when they get to the hall of Zeus and all that, um, and, uh, omnipotent city, like there could have been reports of like, Oh, look, we now have, you know, 10 more empty chairs than we did last month because of his victims or, or like show us like a cutaway of him taking down a few more victims. Like I, he gets the first God that he worshiped that betrayed him. And then he shows up in new Asgard. And then he basically kidnaps the kids and shows up at the end. Like there's nothing in between for him. Yeah. You, you, you see what amounts to like a news report from uh the guardians of the galaxy had some sort of uh, uh yes mm -hmm. yes yeah and he's like oh like this this god died and this god died and this oh, god yeah, died. Yeah, so you yeah. see like sort of like from a person and a person you know just like you, you don't see anything firsthand from what he's done you know no, you just and, sort of see the remnants the, of what he the, left behind and the piece that you're talking about happens in the first 15 minutes 12 12 10 yeah, because you know, it's still in the it's still in the guardians. The of guardians the are still there, and then it just yep. it, it, like the threat of gore really did not feel present to me. It did not remind me that it was still there, and why it actually well is something to worry about. Right. I mean, and even that opening sequence where you know Thor is with the guardians on whatever planet that is. They talk about how Gore was there and killed their gods, and that's why their temple's empty, but we don't see it. We don't see him right. being as brutal and hateful as he is toward gods. We just know it happened. Right. And and I don't the I don't know if I need brutality per se. I think I just need examples of maybe his resolve. Well, I mean, yeah. that's what you're gonna like, see. I don't know I if I, I, like him... I need the intensity or the graphicness per se. Yeah. I just need to be Graphic, but... told. Here, I, I, I don't know. Just kind of mentioning that he's doing it. I mean, as opposed to, it sort of being depicted in a way, especially in a way that impacts the path that our characters are on. Right. Because he really doesn't do that until he shows up and kidnaps kids. Yeah, the majority of his antagonistical stuff is shown is is brought to us from off screen. Yeah, yeah, you know, like we just we hear of it, we don't we don't get to see it, so we we have not a lot of weight to put in the antagonist. You'd almost wonder if like there's a longer cut of this somewhere. Like I think I've seen interviews with Taika saying like someone asked him if there was a director's cut or an extended cut, and he basically just said, "Well, they're." Scenes that are deleted are deleted for a reason. They're not in the movie and left it at that. So I don't think we're ever going to see sure. an extended cut. But nah. I think certain characters could have benefited in this movie with more screen time. Gore is definitely yes. one of them. I think Jane needs yep. more stuff to do. Yep. 
Like, I think all of, if you put more scenes of them in there and just settle with some of the stuff, like, the more dramatic, meaty moments, I feel like, for character stuff is what I want. And I think maybe that's what got cut for jokes. I don't know. Yeah. But at the same time, but looking at the movie, I don't know what what I would cut here to be like, okay, well, if you cut this out and replace it with more dramatic stuff, then it fills in what, for me. But what was the runtime on the movie? It actually, I, I know, like coming out of the movie, Amy and I talked, like it felt I think short, it was like a solid two hours. I think it was short of two like, hours. It felt shorter it's, than most yeah, recent says, MCU. Uh, IMDb is listing, and this is with credits and all, uh, one fifty eight. Yeah, so it, it it's shorter than most of the MCU that we've seen recently. Yeah. I feel like this movie could have benefited from an extra five. Yeah. Easily. Um, And just to, since we're talking about gore, I feel like, especially like the Thor movies and the MCU in general, have, have gone above and beyond explaining like mythical or um, fictional <laughs> artifacts. And weapons yeah. and, and like the Gauntlet, the Infinity Stones, Mjolnir, uh, Stormbreaker. And then we get this cool, like, I'm going to call it a bastard sword for lack of a better term for it. Um, I, it the God Breaker? Necro God, Sword. What's it? Necro Sword. I would have loved to have seen just a little about it. Other than, you know, this is the Necro Sword. And then, okay, now, now, now what? Well, they even like, make the comment that God. like the sword chose him. Like that yeah, would have been so, cool to learn some backstory about why how it chooses its its wielders and yeah. stuff. Even and, if we get like the the Bond villain explanation to Thor while he has them all captured, like this sword came from Yadda <laughs> and does this, and I can feel it's you know just you know. Or if you if you want to like show okay, how about this? He has the so the, uh, Andy, I think you're the one that said like you 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 experience a lot of gore through. Sort of Shakespearean means, sort of off stage, off camera means. Yep. I think a lot of the terror we're supposed to in, infer from him um, is through those scenes where Thor is um, uh, spirit projecting to where the kids are being held after they're kidnapped. Yep. You're 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 supposed to get why he's he's such a bad guy because look at these kids in this horrible cage and what they're experiencing. Why not have him have story time with the kids? And I thought as they if were he's like, I'm, you know, I'm your caretaker. I'm watching over you. Let me tell you more about this thing that I'm going to use to kill your idols and all those things governing, you know, the universe and whatnot. Like that would have been terrifying. Yeah. And, you know, maniacally, you know, he would explain how it would make. A better life for them for him doing this. There you go. You know? And it would be a counterpoint to Korg telling his whole thing. Ah, yes. yeah. in the and dark. I, and they they had the opportunity. He was there. He just he threw that dead snake at them <laughs> and, and he sorta said that he had a daughter and I thought they were gonna go there. Mm -hmm. And then I can't remember what happened next, but it just like, hey, look, there's another joke. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just jump jump from it. You have to wonder if like they if just switching things around if like the the opening of the movie was somehow in the mo the middle of the movie like if that would have worked better for his character like he just shows up as a shadowy creepy looking guy like shows up at new asgard for the first time like you hear about him killing gods the first time you see him is new asgard as gore and then to your sense yeah. he could he could tell the story and then you get the flashback of the beginning of the movie oh that could work and and because 
you could because his story shows us that there was we'll call it a him before him there was another wielder of the sword yeah. right who the who the, some set of gods defeated apparently maybe in his quest to kill them or conquer them like maybe the motivations were different but gore could just exist as the present you you meet him as the present sword wielder he's a thing if if there's if there was a previous sword wielder that thor is obviously already familiar with the necrosword yeah then these news reports or something about gods being hunted down it looks like they're being you know annihilated etc that comes on his radar he's familiar with it so okay then we're off and running then a new threat to the gods is now in his consciousness and then as andy as you just laid out then maybe serving as a flashback later as to why he became like he wasn't the first maybe the whole time you're thinking oh he's he is and he always has been but then through act two you get this exposition from him of no 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 i'm just the most current incarnation of this and here's why i'm choosing to do with this as i am and guess what i'm gonna do next well and i so i don't want to keep like cutting us off here but we're going down the rabbit hole of what we want this movie to be not what it is (laughs) i want to talk about what the movie is (laughs) fair enough i i would put one last little point in for it when we're about gore that something that i would have liked to have seen done better and that is him turning into a villain. We see him turn into a villain by killing a character we do not know or give a shit about. In the very opening scene Agreed. of the movie, this is some god that treats him like dirt and kind of deserves it almost. And this is how he becomes a villain. Maybe it would have been a good thing to have him kill off somebody that wasn't going to matter long term for Marvel. And but people still cared about you know give him somebody to go after that it's like damn now he's a villain whether whoever that person might be whatever character you might choose give him somebody that he offs that's like all right now i'm pissed you know some reason to really hate the character that is the moment and brian you alluded to it earlier that would have been maybe a better use of even though it was fake anyway (laughs) That would have been the better use of a potential Korg death. Yeah. Yeah, that was the moment I talked about in the intro that I figured Josh just shit his pants whenever that happened. Because <laughs> yeah, my that, heart that sank was, watching it, and cool. I was like, oh, God, Josh, no. <laughs> and I will say the only reason that I'm okay after the, they show, okay, oh, no, of course, he's not dead, is because Zeus turned out not to really be that important to the rest of the plot. Yeah, right. it's like it's a thing they do along the way, and it's kind of a MacGuffin in a way because then they get the lightning bolt and they leave. What was the lightning bolt even needed for? I think it's more just just to give Thor something to that... use that's not a hammer or axe. Yeah, it, it, yeah. it felt it just like a whole pointless side quest. Like we know, Mjolnir is taken. Stormbreaker is taken by the villain. He can't just go in barehanded. Let's give him a lightning but bolt. Didn't we establish in Thor? <laughs> Three and Ragnarok that he can just go in barehanded. He's not the god of hammers. He's the god of thunder. Right. So 
yeah. like I that that was why I had a whole problem with it. You are the god of this. You can do it without anything. Just do it. I also it. think the only other thing it, it's used for is to transport. Like he basically uses it as the Bifrost. There's a one point where he uses it to transport himself to wherever he needs to go, which he can't do barehanded. Mm. I thought that was what Stormbreaker was for. Now there's a point in the when he tries to go get Gore by himself before anybody else goes to help him to rescue the kids. He just after he's lost, he terminators it and puts the lightning bolt in the ground and kneels and then makes a big lightning circle and <laughs> oh, right, teleports right. somewhere. Yeah, terminators. <laughs> so it's a MacGuffin. Okay. Yeah. It, it. Yeah. It frustrated me. That whole omnipotent city thing frustrated me a little bit. But it only did later when I realized it didn't. Matter. Really matter. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like when you <laughs> yeah. thought about it, you're like, yeah. "Why the hell did we do this?" And the the answer is to I- introduce the Greek gods. Yeah, that that's why they did get, it. And, and yeah, and I I think these are the pieces that I mean. Like there were five different stories being told, and most of them not done well. Like like Gore was not fleshed out enough. Jane was better, could have been improved. I felt wholly bad for Valkyrie. Felt even worse for Sif. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, even the, yeah, even the, 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 the old uh, Warriors three, they didn't even give them names. Oh, there that guy died. That remember that guy. That, that was that guy actually died. Funny. <laughs> but at the same and, time, and it's like say, th- that's basically how they went yes. out in Ragnarok. I felt bad for them a second time because they still don't get any recognition in this movie. Correct. And I'm I'm kind of surprised Marvel allowed that joke to go in because I feel like that's definitely like a Taika type of joke. Yeah. Being being aware of not just being the filmmaker of some of these but understanding how that played out to the consumer audience yeah oh you didn't like it the first time we'll give it to you again here you go (laughs) yeah exactly yeah um i feel like we've been jumping around between a lot of stuff i do at least want to touch on i think mike said it with gore i think christian bale did a fantastic job with this for the little bit that he had um yes it's it's Typical, I think, with the antagonist, if they get the first five minutes of the movie, you're not going to see them much during the rest of the movie because they have to give you that backstory real quick. Um, but yeah, I think that when he finally becomes Gore and the little bit that he pops up and starts tormenting people, <laughs> I think he does really good. The scene with the kids, I thought, was re- like menacingly creepy. The oh, yeah. the scene when they're on that little little black and white planet and he's stringing up Thor and Valkyrie and, and Jane mm-hmm. and talking to each one individually, that was all really well done. Um, but yeah, I, I do agree. I think they needed more time with him, but for what we got with him, I think was, was really, really good. I don't know if I cared one way or the other about him, because I think maybe it would, I would have cared more with more screen time, but based on what we got, I think he did a very good job. And I, I really enjoyed um, like, we'll spin to, since we're talking about the, the, the Greek gods and the, the omnipotent city and stuff like that. So I don't know. <laughs> If there's anything, well, let's spin to Zeus. What did you guys think of Zeus? Russell Crowe's Zeus definitely surprised me. <laughs> it yeah. is not what I, I expected. I, I, no, no, I had heard the the casting rumors long enough ago that I'm like, okay, when he shows up, I'm not that taken aback. Right. But his take on it, um, you know, whatever those conversations were like, uh, you know, mixture of creative ideas or or what, uh, definitely was. You know, I wouldn't have telegraphed that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mike? I mean, it is such a tonal shift away from anything you would expect for Zeus. But fits for Taika. 
it fits for Taika. It fit, and and that's I guess part of like I get why it's introduced in Thor because gods meeting gods and all that shit. But uh, I don't know. Like I thought it. I thought he was actually funny. Like I, that was some of the more enjoyable jokes for me in this movie was how ridiculous and over the top Zeus and the whole city was. Yeah. Agreed. You know, the whole conversation about the orgy and being uninvited from the orgy and stuff. That is very what we do in the shadows kind of stuff going on there. I chuckled when he admitted that he flicked too hard. Yeah. <laughs> no, I enjoyed yeah. that. <laughs> it, it, like, it, he's good. It's Russell Crowe. Like, you, you're going to get a good performance, and he did not disappoint. He was funny. It was good, but it was... Again, not what I would have envisioned for Zeus in the MCU. Yeah, like, just not the... Nothing about him seemed all-powerful. He seemed like a drunk to me. Like, he yeah. seemed... that That's what I would say. Like, he seemed like he was probably hitting too much of the wine. Well, I, I feel like, to be fair, some of the gods, especially maybe Zeus, just feels untouchable, so they can do whatever the hell they want. So what do, what do they care? If they never leave that city and they feel pretty protected in that city, I'd probably act the same well, way too. Just give me the next I, orgy. Let's go. I, I, I get that, but I mean, like, I'm thinking of, like, the, the tone they gave Odin and the tone we get for Zeus. They're kind of the same sort of mm. thing between But I got the, the sense different... that Odin, like, we actually see Odin do battle. Zeus, I feel like, never leaves his fucking chair. Well, that's what I mean. Like, <laughs> it, it, But they, they represent the same kind of thing. So to me, it's like... Are all the Greek gods going to be this way? Or is it just Zeus? Because we do get an introduction of another major Greek god in the post credit scene. Yeah. You know, we get Hercules. Which we can spin there if we want to talk about that. Sure. Who was the actor, though? I didn't... Did you look I, it up? I think he's... That was? I didn't I don't remember the... I don't know the name, but I think he's from um, Ted Lasso, from what I was told. Oh, uh, okay. I have never watched that show, so... I did not recognize the person who was Hercules. Yeah, I'll have to, I'd have um, to look it up to give him credit, because I don't, I don't know who he is offhand. But he looked cool as Hercules. I thought that, you know, like, he looked correct. Yeah. He looked like what I would imagine, what I remember from the paper comics on screen would look like. Yeah. It, it was a good costume. Um, and I think it's interesting to see that Zeus is pissed off and going to retaliate with Hercules in some way, and... The funny part is, is actually in the comics, if I recall, Hercules is portrayed as acting more like Zeus did in ra in this movie. Like, it, Hercules he was like a me. drunken, fun-loving nut kind of character, yeah. but also just battle-loving. Like, yeah, let's, let's get drunk and go beat some people. Does anybody, uh, is anyone familiar enough with Futurama that if I say... Uh, hedonism bot. They know who I'm talking about. Tangent. No. Like I remember it, but if 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 anyone listening is, uh, if you know what I'm talking about, um, and I'm like ha taking half a step back to Zeus, that that approach <laughs> to like a statesman or someone in charge of something, that lifestyle, that outlook is exactly how I feel it was like a, a, an adaptation into what they brought into Zeus. So one thing that I would have liked to have seen from Omnibus, 
um, um, omnipotent city or whatever. <laughs> it's hard to say. Yeah. Um, would have been like almost like a, a check back mourning the loss of one of our elderly members, Odin or something. I don't uh, just yeah. to see like what, what his status would have been in, in that council, you know, being that he was from what we knew of the MCU before this was like the elderliest God that we knew. Yeah. I, I don't think that Odin took part in omnipotent city. So they, they kind of kept to their own. I think is like what Brian was pointing out earlier, like Zeus has just been holed up in omnipotent city for God knows how long. Or, well, for Zeus knows how long. Um, <laughs> so, I, I don't know that they would have honored Odin, because Odin probably would have said, screw those guys. They suck. Why, w- why would I go to there where they're just having orgies all the time? And You know what I mean? Like, I don't know whether or not they... I feel like Odin would have been their enemy, almost. Or, like, maybe not an enemy, but like a... Um, he would have been a buzzkill. Yeah, a buzzkill, <laughs> a friendly grudge, you know, mm-hmm. so, something like that to them because harshing their buzz. Yeah, yeah. but they—I don't even think they mentioned him though, did they? No, no, not that yeah. I remember anyway. I, some like, oh, it's it's you, Thor, god of thunder, son of Odin. Didn't he? Blah 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 blah. Yeah, like some point, and that kind of relates to what I was saying about like the gods that Gore was picking off, like. Okay, so presumably they may have had a seat in that stadium at one point. Does it magically disappear when they are killed? Does it stay there in physical form and just remain empty? And if so, would there have previously been a spot for the Norse gods? Um, like, because it, it could have been like you, you only need like a, a twenty seconds of it, but you could have had like Thor, like, oh, I've always. I've 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 never been here, and now I wonder. Like he could have gone to like a memorial spot, or or even like a for Odin. You know, I mean, a bigger picture, even like a mention of the snap, because you figure that would kill half of all those gods in omnipotent city too, wouldn't it? Uh, not necessarily. I, I okay. I don't know if we want to spend this, but I'll give my quick explanation. So something I I shared with Brian after we saw it was, um. Have either of you read, uh, either read or seen the TV adaptation of American Gods from Neil Gaiman? I know the... Uh, no. I, I, I would like to. I, yeah, I know the general story, but I have not. So so the basic idea that he follows is, at least in that, like, gods can manifest as basically regular people on Earth, and they exist because people believe in them when the last believer ceases to believe or is alive, they go away, right? They're no longer worshipped. They become extinct. I kind of felt like it was a similar way of this. So presumably there is like somebody in the universe, presumably Earth maybe, that still reveres or worships or understands that Zeus and the Greek gods were a thing. That's that's the only reason he really exists anymore. Still couldn't some of the gods have disappeared when their last followers were snapped away? If their last followers were snapped away, perhaps. Half of all life goes. You, you know, I... It, it, possible. 
but but I'm saying yeah, the gods themselves I wouldn't consider living beings in this in this representation per I mean, se. They kind of established that the Asgardians are. They do, you know, and give or take my, 5, so years my or whatever you know. My counter to that was Brian pointed out that both in the stadium and Brian, you said in the temple, the uh, Eternity's temple, right? There's a celestial, yeah, uh, what looks like statues, yeah, mm-hmm. right. So just like the Asgardians, could it be that these things, number one, they either already existed in some way and beings came to view them and revere them as gods, therefore giving them additional status as gods. So how's that? I mean, this is still all conjecture, right? Like we don't, we still don't know that the MCU functions the way you're thinking it functions. Yeah. that That's what I'm saying. Like, Correct. I don't see any proof here that anything protects them from Thanos snapping half of all life out of existence. I would still say, even if they exist only when people believe them, that that's still life. It could be. I'm just spitballing. I just think it would have been cool to see them acknowledge it. Like, oh, hey, good job dealing with that whole thing. You brought half of us. That's true. You know, they like, seemed very ungrateful. Yeah. Like, they could have, you know, even if it didn't snap them out, they could have mentioned it. Uh, I'm going to spin back around to Hercules because I got the guy's name. Brett Goldstein is the guy that is Hercules. So he is from Ted Lasso. Anything else or just Ted Lasso? I, don't, I mean, I didn't look up his IMDb, but the first article I found that lists his name okay. is saying he's from Ted Lasso. Okay. So that's most notable, I guess. Fair enough. Um, are we expecting... Because the end title of this, like, when the movie ends, we get Thor will return, which, again, one of the articles I think I saw, saw was seemingly a surprise to Taika Waititi and Chris Hemsworth himself, so I don't know what's going to happen after this. <laughs> I mean, that they both kind of looked at each other like, did you know that? No. Did you know that? No. So I don't know. Somebody's making deals behind their back, I guess, maybe. But but is, it, is there oh, go ahead. Is there a way to bring people back from Valhalla? Yeah, I was going to say that they could, they could go with the Natalie Portman. Yeah. Right. So, we yeah, we get the scene with Natalie Portman where she makes her way to Valhalla. I I don't know enough about the comic run of the Mighty Thor and how that goes for Jane, but. Something I think I did catch was that the Jane starts as the mighty Thor. Like basically, it plays out the same as the movie, right? She gets cancer, she gets Mjolnir, she becomes Thor, and eventually that time is finite, where the cancer finally gets its way and kills her. What I read from the comics was that after that, she becomes reborn as a Valkyrie, which I was waiting for that the whole time. So Ooh. now that she's made it to Valhalla. I don't know if that means she's going to come back as a Valkyrie now, or if that's just meant to be like a little bow for Jane Foster's character to be like, okay, yeah, she died, but she's, you know, living on in Valhalla. Well, I guess we don't have an MCU that, that's how I definition it. as to how Valkyries are created. Like, yeah. as of yet, we don't, like, is, they could make that up as a definition in the future because they haven't said that valkyries are born valkyries or anything they, you right know, they haven't... so i could see it going either way i guess it's it's depending on if they want to pay natalie portman to come back or if she wants to come well, back you know the, you could retcon that if you want to and, and don't you in marvel ultimate alliance one or two don't you work on a way to bring people back from valhalla isn't that part of the storyline at one point it's been a very long time since I played those games. I feel like I remember going to Asgard for a mission in the first one, but I don't remember if you're going to bring someone back from Valhalla or not. I remember being in Valhalla as like a hub. 
Where oh, like, it, you like you know the same way you were in Stark Tower and other places you were in Valhalla, so you were able to visit it and still leave it. Uh, maybe that I'm vaguely remembering maybe the second one then for that. I, I can't. But remember I, I mean, I don't remember story wise how it works or what you had to do. Yeah, I don't recall. It's been so long, but I remember being able to get there while still alive. Yeah, and I feel like so, we were there to bring somebody back. Either way, I think I think bringing Jane Foster back is is just going to come down to either availability, willingness to do the movie, or or do you want to pay her? Yeah, like I feel like this is a, a good enough send off for Jane. Granted, I yeah. think again I said this before I would have liked more with Jane. Like I think we we introduced to the cancer thing, which comes out of nowhere. Fine, that's part of the storyline. Uh, we sit with it for a little bit. And then she goes to Asgard to look at the hammer, and then she's Thor. Like, there's there's a gap there that I would like to have seen. I think more time in the yep. movie with her getting the powers for the first time or trying to figure out how all this works. Like, that would have been fun and given us more time with just Jane to just, just settle in. Every seeing, time we see Jane on screen, she's basically with Thor. Seeing her yep. reaction to when it happens the first time. Even, like, That's seeing too, like, her yeah. actually be like, holy shit, Mjolnir came to me, and what? Am, what why am I a foot and a half yeah. taller? And if I hadn't like, watched, like, if, if they put no trailers out for this movie, when she finally shows up in New Asgard as Thor, that could have been, like, you would just, you'd be watching it like Thor. Like, what the fuck? Jane's here. Why is she Thor? But because <laughs> it's all over the marketing, it's not a surprise. Right. But they did the same thing with uh, the Hulk in Ragnarok. Right. That's another. They wanted to sell that movie in big part on that idea. Yeah. And if, if that had been a, a reveal in the middle of whatever act two in that movie, like, holy shit, that would have been amazing. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I agree that the point you made with which, when she shows up in new Asgard, like, okay, her and Darcy have that quick conversation. Maybe she's maybe not expecting Thor to definitely be there that moment, but just going to, you know, where his people are being in the midst of it all. It would have been really cool. Yeah. To watch her, go through like okay really what is going on right now the sky is getting dark Mjolnir is shaking like I I guess the it it painted it too much like because what the the explanation they give is like oh she only went there because she didn't know it yet but Mjolnir was calling to her yeah what like I don't that was that was that was too easy of an explanation and even then if and it would have been much more interesting to at least watch her go through some kind of of transformation through through something yeah and even that, like if mjolnir was calling her it was calling her to kill her according to what we learn later in the movie like it's it's like i want to speed up your death so come to me ah good point. like it doesn't actually help her so I why would it, it call her i think it's twofold i think that's one side of it i think the other side is that it senses that maybe in a sense feels what's coming and knows that someone needs to help and it deems Jane worthy to help out the fight that's coming. Well, don't, but they give us the explanation that Thor told it to protect Jane, which is right. why it chooses Jane. Yeah. But then it's not protecting her. It's killing her. I, it, to me, it was like, a, I don't know. Like, I just didn't understand what they were trying to do there. I mean, it, it'd almost be the same thing as like using an untested medication to try to cure your illness. Right? Like, she has no idea what it's going to do to her. She thinks it's going to work, but she tries it anyway. And it seems like it's working, but it's not. 
Yeah, but I mean, Mjolnir is supposed to be kind of godlike. I don't know. Like, I'm I'm just trying to play the opposite side here. I, know, I don't know. I know. <laughs> I, I'm just it, it's. I I think they missed a beat there. That's all. It's probably more that they they figured by the end of the movie they want Jane to die. So how do we get there? And that's the way well, they explained it. And, and speaking of that, I feel like there was an opportunity there to have Gore die a villain, and have Thor use a wish to get rid of the cancer, and then Jane's fine. Which is exactly why they didn't do that. Because to Brian's point earlier, there the reason you bring her back is to do a certain thing, but you can't keep her around forever. Yeah. So that's how you end her story. This this felt like more of a send off for Natalie Portman's Jane than anything else. Yeah. Can I ring in real quick? I, the only thing that if I truly had one small wish that I wanted something different. And I, I know you said, like, let's not talk about what we wish it was. <laughs> I just don't want to go the down the rabbit hole thing, of it. The only little thing that that button scene at the end, I wish I, I think I, I told you this, Brian, at the theater. I wish Frigga had been the one to greet her at the gates of Valhalla oh, instead of yeah. Heimdall. She, too, died in battle. Um, I think that th there's a reason for her and Jane to have more of a personal connection than her and Heimdall. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just would have loved to see Rene Russo have just like one more second to bring that just like easy majesty. Yeah. In that character to that. Um, where do I want to go from here? Uh, oh, the, the one thing I think that happened at the end that we never really, we're, we're skirting around a little bit, but. I feel like the big takeaway for this, the end of the movie is that Thor ends up with a daughter. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't see that coming. Like, I think they were laying nope. the breadcrumbs for it. Like talking about Thor as a dad and like how he's longing to have children at some point. So the breadcrumbs I think were there, but when we finally got to the end, I still think I wasn't expecting them to go that way. So I was a little surprised by that, but what did you guys think of, of Thor ending up with, with love at the end of the movie? Uh, I, one thing I'll say, and then I'll toss it to Andy. Very cool that that's his actual daughter. Yeah, I didn't know that at the time. I found that out after the fact. That is pretty cool. Hopefully it turns out that she can actually act. <laughs> she did pretty good. I think she acted better with Chris Hemsworth than Christian Bale. Hands down. I guess. I Maybe, I gotta, maybe again, I have to see it again. I feel like she didn't have enough time for me to really judge that. But I wasn't, maybe I wasn't Although observing it. Although all scenes that she was with Christian Bale, she was dying. So. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like she was much more full of life with Chris Hemsworth. So. Maybe, maybe, yeah. Um, do, does anybody know like what her characters, who her character is supposed to be? No, not okay. at all. Granted, I didn't try to do any background research after seeing the movie, so I don't know if she's supposed to be someone. Yeah, but... ditto. It just it seemed very um like they have very something very specific in mind for her to do, and I'm like, I don't know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> if if this is the last time you see Thor, that'd be a very strange way for it to end. Yes. Or yeah. maybe she becomes Thor. Maybe. If this is the end of that storytelling for that character, yeah. this would be a strange maybe she... place to just leap off on all of a yeah. sudden. Yeah, because we really don't get like you know, the title card at the end says Thor will return. It doesn't say Chris Hemsworth will return. So we could be someone else, in t you know, as the mantle of Thor. Right. For all we know. So quickly running a quick search. The only daughter of Thor uh, that exists 
as far as I can see in Marvel Comics, is named Torin, not Love, but Torin, and she is the daughter of Thor and Sif. Okay, so probably so not related. Well, movie, yeah, I would say probably not related, and maybe their own thing, or maybe there's some that just doesn't pop up that quick on Google, and you gotta yeah. deep dive for a little bit. I mean, I like the the we didn't get the title card of the movie until the end, like when they when. Korg's given the story and this is, you know, the story of love and thunder and love is the name of the daughter and thunder is Thor's nickname. Like I dug all that. I thought that worked pretty cool. Yeah, the, the Korg story parts worked great for me. Like him yeah. telling the story was fantastic. It just. Josh, are you a little bit jealous that Korg's getting together with uh, Dwayne? <laughs> I'm a little frustrated at myself that I'm too dim that I did not get the Dwayne, the rock joke <laughs> on my own. <laughs> And someone had to say it out loud later for it to chime. I think I said Um, I missed it, too, because I was too focused on Dwayne's porn stash that I I missed the name of the rock character. Well, and I think it was also, and that was sort of it. Like, they did not go out of their way to make that other being also try to somehow quasi-resemble Dwayne Johnson. So I just thought, like... It's funny. It's another it's another rock guy. He's got that porn stash. That's funny. <laughs> Mustaches are funny. Dwayne. Ah, hilarious. Not something like Korg or a space name. Dwayne. That's what my brain focused on, and I missed the whole thing. I, I just love that it's just like, oh, yeah, the, you know, we're just rocks. We just go and meet over lava and make more rocks, and they, maybe <laughs> they come to life. Like, what? I mean, if we get Thor 5, right, we're going to get some Korg babies, right? That's that's happening. Oh. Oh, Korg Think of all the pops that Josh is going to buy when they release little Korg babies. Oh, Korg babies, the new baby Yoda. (laughs) I I mean, Um, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, it's not important. Well, no, I was just going to spin. Was there any other moments that stuck out to you guys? Anything else we did we didn't really talk about that we feel like we should touch on? Oh, uh, the 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 joke, the goats. I want to yeah, I want to talk about goats. Yeah. <laughs> I love the goats. which was what we kind of alluded to. I think Andy and I are on the same page of something that was funny at first, got very old very quickly, and then had one or two moments later on that still See, was I, kind of funny. Yeah, I I was like almost instantly annoyed by them because they were like <laughs> they were very loud and like obnoxious immediately, and it just I was like, oh. Giant goats, that's weird, and they are still yelling. Why the fuck are they still yelling? You know? Like, that was part of the That's the internet I, gag too, went too long. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. And and I chuckled at a, a few points. I actually laughed out loud when they hit the planet, when they hit the planet and then screamed. <laughs> yes. That was funny. And I'm like, okay. Like, I could really do with a lot of the rest of this, but that was a pretty good part. Yeah. See... I think they were used just the perfect amount. I, I like them a lot. <laughs> I, I agree with like uh, I love the goats. What I thought you guys were talking about was the running joke of like Thor having this like relationship with uh, Stormbreaker and like oh I'm not trying to cheat on you with it's like this is I didn't li- like it did not hit see for that me I liked once I hated that that I liked I liked I thought that was funny because I, I think it's you know it's the I liked the parallels between that relationship, like just just with a like they're playing it like a breakup of a of a couple, but it's just their their hammers. Like I thought that was funny. Like like Jane and and Thor dated the same person. Like to me, that was funny. Mm. Um, I didn't find it unfunny per se. I didn't think it was as important, and not that it got a lot of screen time per se, but. 
I didn't think it was as important as some of the other stuff that would have strengthened the rest of the stories. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's some of the stuff you could you could trim away to get time back yeah. to the movie for something else. Because I do think, I will admit, as much as I liked the joke, the ongoing joke with Stormbreaker and Mjolnir, that it did go on too long. Yeah. It, it, that, mm-hmm. that's I why think I you could have just done it a couple times about. and been fine. Because it I enjoyed happened it. so much. I enjoyed it to a point until it got to the point where it was almost part of the story. Like yeah. Stormbreaker. Yeah, where Stormbreaker's getting temperamental. Yeah, and Stormbreaker went with gore. Like, because Stormbreaker probably could have chosen not to go with gore, I'm assuming. I don't. I never got the sense, I guess, that Stormbreaker has that much of a will. Like, Mjolnir obviously has to choose that you're worthy to be able to wield right. it. Right. I sort of thought. But Stormbreaker, I think anybody can pick him up. Oh, okay. I guess that makes sense. Because, I mean, Thanos picks it up in Endgame to almost kill Thor with it. Yeah, anybody can pick up Stormbreaker, but wielding it properly and it cooperating as you try to wield it is a different story. Okay. Yeah. Which I feel like that was what it was doing, was just cooperating with gore. Not really, like, choosing gore or anything. Mike can probably correct me on this, but um, I also, like, I found out afterward that, like, the goats were not just a gag they are mm-hmm. like mythology and comics yes source right yes thor has goats it's like they're, they're, they're not those yeah. goats they're not screaming ridiculous yeah they goats. don't scream <laughs> but yes they do they, they are a thing they melded be fair, comic mythology with the internet meme yeah <laughs> uh yes okay because if you're gonna bring in giant goats may as well have them scream it really yeah <laughs> they really might as well come on i thought it was hilarious i loved it <laughs> i liked it so um, I'm going to bring up a moment that I thought was actually really cool when Thor bestows his power upon the children to help him fight oh, yeah. Thor. Did anybody mm-hmm. else just like sort of get like a little pumped up for that little battle scene? Yeah, yes. that was awesome. Yeah, yeah but I it, really, like, to... really enjoyed that. It, like, And I'm the type that's like, that was awesome, but it comes to my mind like, but could he always do that? Because I feel like that would have come in handy in a few other scenarios. I don't know, the battle against <laughs> friggin' Thanos, where he could just bestow everybody the additional power of Thor. Right. I didn't know if that was because he had the Thunderbolt. If that was like a an artifact thing. Sure. For the sake of this movie, yes. Let's go with yeah, that. That, that gives more meaning to the everything else. Because Glad you picked up on because, that. Um, <laughs> Not only does does he do that that we didn't know that he had the capability of doing, but he also had the capability of almost like enchanting or or maybe possibly cursing, depending on how you look at it, Mjolnir to protect Jane or and or kill her. And well, I he is yeah. he king of Asgard, ability. isn't he? Technically speaking, even if he named Valkyrie king of Asgard, he still is Odin's son. So but he's he, still. A- he he! I don't even think he knows that he has that ability because he didn't do it on purpose. Yeah, I, yeah. Mm. Maybe not not that one, but at the end he does it on purpose. That he, he does on purpose, but I feel like he's still trying to figure out his powers or his capabilities. Yeah, yeah maybe I mean, he doesn't get... understand it. Again, I think that just comes down to who's writing the movie and what do they want him to do. They just retcon it or make him do, you know, you can explain it in the movie to do whatever you want to do. Right. So that's, I guess that's something you just can't, you have to just kind of take with a grain of salt. Maybe there's not an expl- a good, good, solid explanation for some of that stuff. Because like you no, said, no. otherwise it breaks some of the movies before. Right. 
uh, one piece that I, I, I do want to bring up that is it's it's been nagging me since I watched this was um, for number one, how very little Valkyrie had to do. Yeah. And number two, I know we all uh, fall victim, as we've talked about just in the last hour of the movie that we thought we were going to get or that we think might make it better versus yeah. what we got. And that has to do with expectations and blah, blah, blah. Okay, fine. But I, I, I have backing for this. <laughs> At Comic-Con in 2019, following Endgame, when they announced the whole next slate of things and they brought this cast out on stage, they made, I felt, a rather big point of uh, saying that Tessa Thompson's character will be kind of confirming that she's gay. But also that she'll be looking for her queen because she is now king. Oh, right. Yeah, I do remember that. And the most that you get out of that whatsoever is the two-second conversation with her and Face Korg just confirming that she's sad that her girlfriend died fighting Hela. Yeah, that is it. That is as much as that plays into her character, into the story, into the arc. Nothing. You barely even aside from that, you barely even get Valkyrie kinging at all. Other... You kind of get a bit of like, OK, she has to glad hand and do like administrative leadership political stuff. Almost. <laughs> you almost don't even get to see her be a leader. Well, I think they alluded a bit to. I, I guess the way to put it is like the inherent sexism thing when she's trying to get people to listen and all of a sudden Thor's there and Thor says, hey, everybody shut up, listen to me. And everybody immediately is like, which is oh, fine. Okay. And I think they're trying to yeah, point out that if that's she's the comment they're making, okay. struggling to maintain leadership because of that, because it's still like people know Thor is out there and she's trying to maintain leadership while people are like, but, Thor still is a thing, so she's struggling yeah. to, I guess, like get a grasp on the people and get them to truly follow her. Maybe my counter to that would be that I think the five-year gap that they show kind of show you in Endgame, he appoints her as leader because he recognizes she has already become the leader to these people in his absence. So he is, she has already gained their respect and their reverence. Well, I think she was doing it, but I don't think she had the respect and reverence. I think she was leading them and keeping them safe and doing things for them that maybe people weren't giving her the credit for or recognizing her for because Thor was there and they assumed she was under orders or something. You know, you get my point? Like, I think it's... Maybe I have to walk away from that a little bit, but I will say I... I, I I went into this at least thinking that a, ch a a significant chunk of her character arc in this specific movie, as presented by the producers in a public announcement of this project, was going to involve, at the very least, a romantic arc for her, whether or not that fit into the capacity of her, you know, serving as the king of these people now or not that was like valkyrie did not need to be in this movie well i think i think there's, she served no function I w just for the movie making process i would not be surprised if early on there was a version of the script that had that in there 
And just like we Probably. talked about, there's it seems like there's five different stories going on where they had to cut something, yes. and that ended up on the chopping block. And it's like, it touched on it. And that's the thing, it doesn't even feel like a director's cut, like you said. Like, it doesn't feel like there's another version of this movie. No, I think it was cut before they filmed anything. Longer. Like, it, it probably got yeah, cut I, out I of agree. script. Yeah. I agree. It, so uh, there's parts of it that I wonder, like, okay, then, like, almost, why put it there? I, Maybe I, it I just don't got know. pushed down it, the road to the next project, and it's just like, we're going to have her do it, but... It didn't fit in this I, I guess, but it, it, but then again, like, to me, she di- – if that wasn't present – and not to, to say that's the only function she needed to serve was just to be, like, a beacon of, uh, you know, LGBT examples necessarily, but her character hardly did anything and did not really serve a necessary function in this entire story arc. I agree. Do you think they could spin an MCU, MCU show about Valkyrie? I was just about to say, Josh, the storyline I'm looking for that. is in a show. Yep. Probably, and that's fine. Like, I would watch that. That's that's okay. It's just she literally did not need to be in here. Nothing changes if she's gone. Yeah. Yeah. She's like she a did, kind of a did. girlfriend listening ear to Jane, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. their scenes together she, were great. She did have that. Yeah. She did have that moment where she gave the wink and the gun to the Zeus handmaid. Oh yeah, <laughs> which we could we could <laughs> also like funny. say like was that Aphrodite? You never know. We don't we don't yeah. have anything to go on for that. Wh- which I will say that, that cool. Okay, so that moment in conjunction with Zeus's menagerie swooning over naked Thor, you know Thor's naked bits and whatnot. But she's also like, I see you, girl. <laughs> I, I I do like that sort of conjunction um but nobody got the shaft worse than sif i don't yeah. know why sif was even like really what what purpose was there for her to be in this whatsoever that you could not have achieved i really think it's what, just uh, to prove that she's still alive right yeah. she was the wild card after ragnarok that everybody else has wiped out and she's nowhere to be found i guess but it didn't matter whether she was alive or not it really did not like yet. and if you want her for a later thing you just save her for that later thing but Again, she I think also it's just got to, to insert the "you have to be a warrior to go to Valhalla" in it. That could have came from a million. It could have. That's yeah, why I, they chose I, to put it here. Again, Ragnarok yeah. was 2017, so there's been a you know five year gap. Where we really don't know the the fate of Sif, where she is. So this is just hey, right, she's she still, she's existing. She's Ragnarok, she's out there. So she, and from a story perspective, she has not. It's been nine years. If you don't count Loki, yeah. And really, that's not really her character. That's just the manifestation right. for those. But it's been nine years since she's shown up in a movie. Back, it's back to a Thor movie from Dark World to this, and it's been even longer of a time frame. We're just about catching up to actual story time with the five-year snap gap. Right, like we're almost there in a way. Yeah. So like, she's been gone for over a decade. It's funny. It's funny. We get more of Sif and agents of shield than we do in any other movies. Yes. <laughs> and that was the point. Like, why the hell is she there? Well, she gives Thor a direction at the start of the movie too, where it's like, Oh, Sif needs me. You know? Yeah. Like it, it gives him something to choose it's and a she... reason to, well, it gives him a reason to ignore the 1500 other calls or whatever they had for help to, to single out and that I think... one. And, yeah. and I think she was the the one that enlightened Thor that it was Gore the God Butcher that had done it, mm-hmm. and and what his once again one of the cool things I would have actually liked to have seen Gore present to Jamie Alexander as Sif, but you know we just get the hearsay. Yeah, she she says, "Oh, I've been following these incidents. I've been hunting him. Show us that. Yeah. Oh, I yes, agree. Please. Yeah. Just just a little bit, <laughs> just a yeah. tad." 
Yeah, I feel like I feel like three characters and probably two story arcs could have used another two or three minutes, yeah. at least. But um, speaking of of thinking back to the beginning of the movie, the Guardians are in this and barely there, five minutes, and then they're out of the movie. I think I expected that was more. Surprising. Like, there's more of them in the trailer than in this fucking movie. I feel like that's because they set up the whole Asgardians of the Galaxy thing, and then they decided to dump it. Like, they they were like, let's just not do that. And we already did it. Let's not do it again. And they just pitched it aside. Like, how do we do that? Well, just put them in the beginning. And "Ah, it's good. Yeah, I mean, like, I get what they tried to set up for the story. It's just the beginning of this movie feels very rushed to me just to get to where they want to go. Mm -hmm. And that kind of irritates me a little bit. Um. Another thing I think I liked about the movie, the, the sequence in the middle when they were at the, the black and white planet, I think just aesthetically that looks really fucking cool. I liked how the color was changing between black and white. And when they'd light up the hammers, you'd start seeing some of the oh, light man. there. That was really yeah, cool. Yeah, that was good really choice. cool. Yeah, I thought that was cool. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that stuck out to me moment wise. Um, in, in the In the same vein as what you're talking about, I really enjoyed how they showed Jane so's deathly and sickly looking and then immediately like yeah. super fit and very healthy yeah. looking like in the in in the span of like a snap of your eyes yeah yeah um oh the uh the the cameos from matt damon and sam neill <laughs> and uh the other hemsworth why can't i think of his name whatever other hemsworth that was and melissa mccarthy bringing it oh yes yeah, yeah melissa mccarthy <laughs> and her if you watch you actually see her husband yes. doing the bowing with them from uh-huh. the distance as well. He's this, like the stage manager. Yeah. Did anyone else yeah. get Rita Repulsa vibes when she rust- was on stage like giving her rant? That's the only thing I could think of. <laughs> yes, now that you say it, yes. <laughs> it, it was unexpected and great to see. Like, it just yeah. it worked. So I'm glad that was a takeaway from Ragnarok that they brought over. I thought that was kind of fun. And we yeah. get them again later too. That's not the only time we see them. We see them discussing yeah, like how to make a, bit. how to make a scene out. Should we? Yeah. Is it too soon? Should we do this? That <laughs> wasn't a no. Let's go. Yeah. Um, I have a couple final little questions. I don't know if you guys have anything else before we get to those. I have one. Uh, okay. Depends on what your final questions and are. Yeah, my one is: I love you know Deadpool fans rejoice. It may not be Headpool, but we got Korg Headpool. So, like, if you don't know Deadpool, Deadpool carries around a zombified head from another universe for a, a stretch of his comics, and we get Korg being <laughs> that in this movie, and that has to be where this is drawn from. Oh, I see. <laughs> so we get Korg being Headpool, and it I loved it. I, like, when he was just a face, it was just like, that's amazing. That was yeah. maybe my favorite part of this movie. <laughs> Andy, do you have something else? I didn't have okay. anything else. No, I was, I was, I was waiting on bated breath. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> one of the obvious ones is out of the four Thor movies, where are you going to rank this? Where does it stack up? I'll let you guys think of that one. I'm going to try to okay. catch you off guard with this one. I have a couple like this or that for everybody. Oh, okay. Well, that when that if you're asking like preference questions, and let me, yeah, actually throw one in. Uh, a, a last point. Um, music. I think well done again. I think is it all like Guns it. and Roses? It's nearly I all Guns and it, Roses. My only it, my only critique, and I guess it kind of parallels Ragnarok. You get like the opening scene and the big climax, both using immigrant song. Mm-hmm. This one kind of did the same thing with Sweet Child of Mine, and if I'm not mistaken, though, I think it shows up like in the middle too. Mm-hmm. So I think it was a bit of an overuse of yes. one singular band where like some of those yep. needle drops for a song 
would have been maybe a little bit better. Like, I don't think you needed Paradise City. Um, I was actually very happy when I heard the rumblings of the ending portion of November Rain kick in mm-hmm. uh, during the climax when when the kids start to power up. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, that was that was yep, well yep, there's done. The, there's the piano and that that snare drum starting into that, and then once that like the third solo of that song hits. Um, with with slash and and you just really get those high notes. It's like okay, that was well placed. They did do Welcome to the Jungle too, or am I misremembering that? I think yeah, you're right. It was in there. I can't well. remember where it was. was first, there was four was, four different Guns N' Roses that was songs. Guardians of the Galaxy when he finally decided to join the battle. Yep. Okay, movie. yeah, that was Welcome to the Jungle. Okay. Mm, yep. Um, but I I felt like they leaned too far into the Guns N' Roses like repertoire. Yeah. I would have preferred if they would have spread it out a little bit in the in the like some more classic rock but <laughs> yeah agreed i so i just coincidence just a, a, a human interest story i have never heard the song rainbow in the dark that plays in the credits i never heard that song in my life until what? i know until there's like certain like there's like an eight like i don't i don't really have like i have an iron maiden donut hole like wait, that wait, style until like when? 80s metal until this kind of movie through so I did not hear that song until a week before this movie. I heard someone do it at karaoke a week before this movie. <laughs> you just never listened to Dio? It's, like it's No. Wow. Like I said, it's wow. it's like that style of like kind of like quote like eighties metal in that way that like yeah, it just was never a thing for me. So I never heard it, and then it shows up twice in less than two weeks. Wow. They yeah. That's it. That's my last one. I'm I'm surprised you never heard it, but I mean, it happens. Everybody's got gaps, you know. Actually, when we were talking about the beginning of the movie and music and stuff playing, the other there was another moment that suddenly flashed to me was the Van Damme split. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it, but that was one of the most shining examples in retrospect to me of the, Thor the is in on shift. the joke. Yeah, the, yeah, your character is in on the joke yeah. of what's what's happening. I loved it, and that was one of my biggest laugh moments. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's kind of a conflicting. I feel like it also lasted I, too I didn't long. Laugh, I didn't <laughs> laugh at the split itself as much as I laughed at the guardians' reactions. To it. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. <laughs> um, all right, so we're gonna do a couple, some rapid fire, this or that. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna present the question whether you prefer this or that. You guys tell me which one you want. Or would we, you know, which one you prefer? Asgard or new Asgard? Asgard. Are we just shouting? I, I, yeah. Oh, oh, oh okay. Asgard. <laughs> it was like the first person to answer, it, are they right? Yeah, like, um, yeah, there's no right or wrong. Just what do you prefer? <laughs> Asgard. Yeah, Asgard. Yeah, I'm on Asgard too. Uh, Mighty Thor or Valkyrie? Valkyrie. Mighty Thor. Uh, it depends on what movie <laughs> you're watching. Um, based on <laughs> this movie have to go Mighty Thor, because, again, Valkyrie did not get much. Yeah, sadly, I think after this, I think Mighty Thor sticks out to me a little bit more, so that's kind of where I'm leaning right now. They they did. I feel like they did give Valkyrie some really good-looking, cool moments with, like, the Pegasus and yeah. her, like, fighting stick, whatever that thing is. Yeah. Um, a bit more than you got before, but, yeah, I'd have to go with Mighty Thor. I like the second. Uh, Thor's male. Guardian's outfit or Thor's armor outfit? Which armor <laughs> outfit? He has, like, three different ones on this movie. Well, the one he gets in this movie, the, the, the black, the blue and gold. Uh, Guardians. I'll go the sleeveless. I'll go eighties. I will the, go eighties hairband outfit <laughs> over just about anything. I'll, I'll let Andy answer first. Thor. Andy, you got a preference? Thor. 
Well, the the guardians outfit or the armor <laughs> outfit. Well, the, the uh, traditional. Okay. Traditional Thor. Sorry. I I I'm gonna side with Mike and go with the guardians outfit only because it doesn't. I don't think we've ever been shown that his as guardian getup necessarily does anything special or different. Yeah. So if we're just kind of going by cool style, then in that case, yeah, might as well go Guardians. Yeah, it's a tough call for me. I really like, I think the blue and gold look really fucking cool in this movie, but that Guardians outfit, I'm like, that's just fun. Like, I I, I wanted to see yeah. more of him doing cool shit in that outfit. Okay, can I make a side note? What's up? Thor 5 or next appearance, can we please get the Ultimates outfit he has? Can we please see that version? The black and blue? No cape. Yeah, no cape, no cape black and blue, just... It's almost like a black wife beater look to it. It's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Gore or Hella? Oh, that is such a tough. Oh, nice. I feel like neither of them were got to reach their full potential. I agree for for storytelling purposes. I I have to go Hella. I feel like oh, man. I feel like Hella did more cool things on screen than Gore did, so I'm gonna go Hella. Yes. Yeah, good point. Yeah, um, yeah, Team Hella. Was everybody Hella? Was you saying Hella too, Mike? Mm-hmm. Okay, Hella Hellas. Yeah, I I might lean that way too. Like I said, I think Gore was really fucking cool in this movie. I think Christian Bale did really good. We just didn't get enough of him, so I'm gonna go Hella too. Uh, Darcy or Korg? Korg. Korg. Yeah, I feel like that's an easy one. It Korg. I liked me some Darcy. I, I and I actually was thinking about. I really really liked her turn in Wandavision. Yes. And had yeah. she been more a part of this. Maybe, but no, it's it, it's always I'm surprised that wasn't just a conversation they had, right? Like she was possessed in Wandavision. Like why why would they not just talk about that? It's like, hey, remember this thing? I want to see a Darcy and Korg conversation happen. I want to see her oh, talk yeah, to Korg too. and yeah. figure out how to say things in his language, and he's confused by what her purpose is. Yeah. Uh, last one I got the big one: Mjolnir or Stormbreaker. Mjolnir, especially because of. I don't know. I really enjoyed like the segmented fighting style that uh, the Mighty Thor uses with it. Like when that it breaks cool. apart. Yeah. Yeah. And the that was cool. That, things that she was able to do like that. I think even sort of like stunned old Thor. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I, I and okay. I'll, I'll I will give them a, a a positive programming note. The fact that just because Jane has it and it went back together, like it, it, the the broken seams were all still there. It didn't completely heal and wasn't perfect again. Yeah, which then allowed them to to utilize it in the way that they did, which was a, a good choice. But that creatively, I think it was a good idea to not have it just be magically healed. Yeah. So you could almost say that Mjolnir's existence almost paralleled Jane's at that point, which is I was why yes, they thinking that. Yeah. Yeah, and it worked really well. So does that? Um, make... I didn't answer. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, what's your answer then? <laughs> in in this in this movie, I will go Mjolnir. I think overall Stormbreaker just seems more badass. I go Stormbreaker. Um, Stormbreaker one, you got you got the Rainbow Bridge. You know you can. Do That's your, true. You can't do the Bifrost can, yeah. with Mjolnir. Yeah, you can do that. But it, Stormbreaker is also half Groot, so it wins. Yeah. I like that when he stuck it in the ground at the beginning and he pulled it out. It actually had roots, like yeah. it was trying to make a tree. <laughs> Which means it technically yes. is a Groot. Yeah. So it, like it's still alive. Like, it can, I don't know. Yeah. That's why. Uh, Yeah, I, th- I feel like I'm leaning Stormbreaker too right now. I think, I don't know. There's something about just holding that big axe that I feel like just makes you feel badass. 
Uh, all right, last question. Out of the four, well, before we get to the rating, after uh, out of the four Thor movies, where does this stack up on your list? You don't have to give me all four, but like, is it middle, top, bottom, wherever you want to put it? Number two. Do you already know the rest of the placings for everything? All your other movies? The other, all four? Yeah, Ragnarok's first, this is second, and Thor 1 is three, and Dark World 4. Okay. Josh, are you nodding agreement? Probably agreement. I I had a lot of, obviously, we've talked, I've had a lot of problems with this one. So right now, I'm going to just put it at a tie for spot two and three with the first Thor, and then maybe in, you know, second, third viewings, let it digest over a couple of years, figure out where that split goes. Okay. Andy, where do you, where are you at? I'm going to go Ragnarok, Love and Thunder, Dark World, Thor. Oh, I think all of our lists are slightly different. I'm going, well, I think we agree that Ragnarok is first. Yep. I think I'm putting the first Thor next and then Love and Thunder, Dark World is my four. Um, All right. So last question out of 10, where do you rate Thor, Love and Thunder? I'll go first just real uh, so I I think I feel like we only got about half of what everything was supposed to be. So I'm giving this a 6. Okay. Still higher I think than I thought you were going to go with, with that lead in, but Uh Andy Mike either you queued up, you ready? Um I, I feel like with this movie, the um, the old moniker, less is more. You know, you could have more meaty things if you do try to do less things. Yeah. I think this movie falls into that category. If I feel like if they would have tried to do less and given more meat to the less, it would have been a better movie. Yeah. I still enjoyed it. I still think Thor is really awesome. I'm going to give it a 7 with an asterisk that I don't remember what I rated the other movies. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we probably would have reviewed Ragnarok. I don't know if we did Dark World. I feel like... I, yeah, I, Dark World was, was done. First, Yeah, I feel like that was one of the first podcasts I was actually on. Okay. Yeah. That, that, that was that was, so that was a very early one of your shows. That was in the like the first yeah. ten, I think. Yeah, jeez. Yeah. All right, so Dark, that's way Dark gone. World might have been Nerdologist. Or the, the Geekologist one. Geekologist, yeah. if you did it. Because this, we didn't start this till the spring of 2015, right? You have to not even because this stuff, if it's that far back, was still not definitely not still posted. I have to go through like my archives to see what we, we did. We may not have one. been rating things at that time. Yeah, we, did we or like maybe, it? Yes or no? <laughs> or maybe we just talked about it when we when we tried to like rate like like form a list of all where the, all the Marvel. Uh, it might have been like sat. yeah, something like that, or top tens of the year, or something like that. Yeah. So okay, so yeah, I might have made some some lists or rated it somehow somewhere, but yeah, back in the day, that was a geez, that was a while ago. <laughs> uh, Mike, what do you got out of ten? I'm gonna go with a seven point five, and what I would say about that, and I guess like the other ratings that I wanted to talk about earlier, but we weren't because of spoilers and all that. Um, I feel like personally, a lot of the ratings that have this very close to Dark World are not necessarily rating this movie wrong. They're just overrating Dark World. I feel like, you know, the ratings were pretty spot on for this, where I feel like, but Dark World just seems 
what the hell are those so high for? Well, I'm also thinking too, like there probably wasn't rated, like, I don't know how much those ratings fluctuate from when the movie was out. Like that might've been what right. it was rated then. And then, or it was rated lower and has bounced back. I don't really know without looking at the, you know, back when the movie was released, what the ratings were. Right. It's just one of those things, like, currently, if that's where they're at, I feel like Dark World's overrated, and this is actually kind of spot on. Yeah. So, I, okay. seven and a half for me. It was fun. I had a good time. Um, Didn't leave a sour taste in my mouth. It had its plot holes and stuff, but, you know, it's still a superhero movie. So, I'm, you know, this isn't a Scorsese film where I'm going to really hold that against it or something. Yeah. Um, I... I... Didn't think I was coming in this harsh, but I'm coming in lower than you guys. I'm giving it a 5.5 out of 10. Oh, wow. Okay. I think it's it's very mediocre, middle of the road for me. I, I And maybe that's just like we talked about with the hype. I think I expected a lot more from this movie and was very excited going in and just came out feeling underwhelmed. And I I did I saw it twice opening weekend. And even the okay. second time, I, it didn't really bounce back for me. I came out of it feeling about the same. So... Repeat viewings with some little some time separating in between viewings might change my rating, but for right now, I think I'm I'm very mediocre and and middle of the road for this one for me. But all right, so that's it uh, for us. Um, I don't really know what we're doing next. We got some stuff in the air. We'll 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 talk about. There's I think a lot on the docket. I think I don't think it's this weekend, but I think. Uh, Next weekend is San Diego Comic-Con, so I don't know what we're going to get from there to talk about. Um, but we got Stranger Things on the docket. Um, I don't know if there's any other big movies coming out. I can't think of anything else that's releasing soon. So August might be a little thin, so maybe we'll get to some of our backlog topics in August and see what we get through. But anyway. I'll, I'll plug something for something else. Uh, the, the next, the new season of Harley Quinn, the animated show, kicks off oh, okay. on HBO on July 28th. Holy shit, it is good. I still have to watch that. It, I have not watched that. If you're not that. watching this, like, I know people say that all the time, but if you like this stuff at all, it is so freaking good. And speaking of plugs, two days ago, the new season of What We Do in the Shadows started. Directed by Taika Waititi. So. <laughs> Does he do the seasons of the show? Uh, usually he's on as a writer. He may not be the director of every episode. Okay. Like, I know he did the movie. I didn't know how involved he was with the show. I'd have to look and see. Like, I don't know exactly how many episodes he's directed, but him and, um, the other guy. What's the other guy's name? Is it Jermaine? Yes. Is he part yeah. of that? Okay. Flight uh, of the Concords, dude. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. One of them. Yeah, yeah. He is, um, they are both primarily involved with writing and directing and all that, but it's like a lot of other shows. Yeah. So there's several, but yeah. That Andy, you got anything ago. you want to plug that you're watching or should be watching? <laughs> um, well, shit, I didn't know. I, was gonna <laughs> on the spot. I mean, everybody else threw something in there. So what do you got? Put you on the spot. Um, I got nothing. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll save it for next time. Sure. I'll, I'll take, I'll take his spot. Cause this is something <laughs> Brian will never see. Uh, Jordan Peele's new movie, Nope, comes out <laughs> Friday, July 22nd. Uh, I freaking can't wait for that. I am actually very curious about that, so I will let you see it and tell me if I can handle it or not. <laughs> we'll let you know. Okay. We'll let you know. Maybe that's something Josh okay. and I can review for August if it's that see, late. I, did, you, did you see Get Out? No. You would be fine with Get Out. It's it's horror in the scary-ish 
psychological-ish sense. Okay. Way more with like maybe one sequence scene towards the end, granted, but it's not um like us was very was very good but it had much more physical violence yeah, yeah. built into it. But I don't yeah, I don't know what Nope is going to be like Get out necessarily. Is more suspense. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and Nope is striking me so far as more that side than violence. Okay. Um but yeah, yeah I mean we'll, Nope we'll seems to back. be leaning sci-fi-ish, so that's piqued my interest, so Mm-hmm. Te- technically, uh, us was sci-fi too. Okay, very much sci-fi. Just, it goes that yeah, way. Just so it was Get Out, really. I mean, technically speaking. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see. Uh, yeah. No, Nope's kind of on my radar, but I don't know if that's going to be a theater watch or try to watch it at home somewhere down the line. But either way, I'll let you guys tell me about that later. We'll pre-screen and, and it. how I. Well, yeah. You can be the parents for me for this one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, so that's it for us. Uh, if you've enjoyed the show, please support us. Leave a five-star rating and review. Give us a share on social media. You can follow or subscribe to the show to keep up with us. We're on Spotify, iTunes, Google, Anchor, Stitcher, Amazon. Uh, hopefully anywhere you're finding podcasts, you can find us. Uh, check us out on Facebook. Search Bry Guy into Super Friends or go to facebook.com slash Friends. You can leave us questions, comments, topics, suggestions, any of that stuff there. Try to email me, braggasuperfriends at gmail.com. It's legit. It works. I don't ever check it. I'll get it in another year. Uh, hit us up on Twitter, at BGSuperFriends. That I will see. That I will respond to. Uh, you can follow me on Twitch. It's Jedi Guy, Jedi with an I, Bry with a Y. Uh, whenever we do some of the live recording shows, we'll we'll do that there. Um, if you ever want to see me randomly stream some games, I also do that there, too. Uh, and that's it. On behalf of Andy, Josh, Mike, and myself, thank you for listening, and we will talk to you next time. Nanny, nanny.